Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. If you don't know my wife, Rhonda, one of her great, great gifts is she is an incredible decorator. Like she has this, um, this eye to see things and turn them into something beautiful. She can take something that is old or beat up or not that appealing and turn it into something that is beautiful. She's been working on me for 28 years, <laughs> right? So, and this year in particular, for whatever reason, like our house is just, at Christmas, it just is, is so cool. And she has a way of just making everything so special. And so um, just, just yesterday, actually, I was, I was sitting in the family room and I'm kind of looking around and I look over and off to the side is this decoration that I've not seen before, but I don't know how long it's been there because I don't see things like that. Can I get an amen from anybody? So I'm thinking to myself, I want to say, oh, that's cool. Is it new? Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because if it's not new, <laughs> I'm doomed. But if it is new, I'm pretty cool, right? So you're, you're kinda, it's kind of a risk there. So I'm, I'm weighing my options. I'm thinking about it. And I thought, I'm going for it, you know? And so we're just kind of sitting there. I'm like, oh, that's a pretty cool little decoration there, isn't it? And I kind of got a, mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Do you do it? And I was like, that's new, isn't it? And I got up, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. You know? Because when you spot something that you've not seen before, there's this little bit of a, hey, I, I saw that. I spotted that. The Christmas story is told two places in the New Testament. You see it in the Gospel of Matthew, and we spent time looking at it there last week. It's also told in the Gospel of Luke, and that's where we're gonna be today before we get to Isaiah 9. I wanna show you something in Luke, and that's gonna, that's gonna springboard us into Isaiah chapter nine. And when I was reading through Luke, I saw something that I think I knew was there, but I hadn't seen it before. And I'm like, wait a minute, I, I'd, never, I'd never connected the dots like that. I never saw how that moved. It was like, it was like, it was like spotting something, and I'm going, hey, that's new, that's different. I hadn't seen that before. So I wanna show you this from the Gospel of Luke, something that I had missed previously, but I think is so important to what Luke's trying to tell us. So let's go to the Christmas story, Luke chapter one. You know this part, right? The angel comes to Mary and says, Mary, you are gonna be the mother of the Messiah, and she says, time out, not gonna happen, I'm a virgin. How's that gonna happen? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. How's it gonna happen? It's gonna happen through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? So that's what we see there. If you're familiar with Luke's telling of the Christmas story, he tells it to us beyond just who Jesus is. He gives you the context of everything that was happening there because Mary, the mother of Jesus, had a relative named Elizabeth who was also having a child who we know it becomes John the Baptist. You've heard of John the Baptist? So here you hear the story about Jesus' birth, John the Baptist's birth, and here's what we read about John the Baptist. Go back about 20 verses, verse 15 of Luke, and it says that he, this baby that's gonna be born, who becomes John, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other fermented drink that ties him back to an Old Testament vow, and he will be filled with the, anybody? 
Holy Spirit even before he is born. So there's this theme here. The Holy Spirit is who's gonna overshadow Mary and she will be with child. John the Baptist is gonna be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. Sounds more like John the Pentecostal than John the Baptist. So you, you got this happening here with John. Then, then you got Elizabeth, his mom. Let me show you what it says about Elizabeth. Luke chapter one, verse 41, Mary comes to, to visit her and when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, this is John, leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then John has a dad, his name is Zechariah, and in Luke 1, his father was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied over and over and over again in this passage of scripture, you see reference made time and time again to the Holy Spirit. If you know the story, in Luke 1 and 2, we read about uh, John the Baptist being born. Then we read about Jesus being born. Then we read about the shepherds coming to visit uh, you know, Mary and Joseph and Jesus. Then they fast forward past kind of the traditional Christmas story, like, kind of like the next day or you know, the, the next scene is that they go to the temple so that Jesus can be dedicated. And there in, in Luke chapter one, or Luke chapter two, excuse me, then we are introduced to a guy named Simeon. Luke chapter two, verse 25. And what we read there in Luke 2, 25 is now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the, anybody? <laughs> Holy Spirit was on him. It goes on to say that it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. Do you see this? All through this story, from beginning to end, there is this stream that flows of the characters in this story not just being moved on by God, but they're filled with the Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit is the star of this show. Like everything that happens in the Christmas narrative is fueled by, it is encouraged by, it is empowered by, it is filled with the work and the presence of God, the Holy Spirit in this story. So I look at this and I go, if that's the way it was the first Christmas, that's the way I hope it is in my life this Christmas, I wanna have a spirit-filled Christmas. Like, I want my Christmas season to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, look, I, I know this isn't kind of the traditional Christmas message uh, about, about shepherds and wise men, and we're, we're gonna get to all that. If you, you come out Thursday, Friday, it's gonna be just a really special service. But I want you to think about this for a minute. Like, if, if I were to say to you, fill in the blank, Christmas is fill in the blank, what, what would you put there? For me right now, you know what I would put there? I would say Christmas is here already. <laughs> like, this is it? Well, what would you say? Christmas is fun. Christmas is exciting. Christmas is my favorite. Christmas is difficult. As Christmas is stressful. Like, like, what would you use to fill in the blank right there? And I don't know what you will put there, but I know that no matter what it is, what God wants you to have and what I want to have is, I wanna have a spirit-filled Christmas. If that's what marked the people that first Christmas that, that Jesus was born, then I, I want the Holy Spirit to mark this Christmas in my life too. 
You know, for me, I, I can look back and different Christmases stand out because of different things. Like, like I don't remember all of them crystal clear, but I sure remember the, the Christmas that I got a new bike. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I remember the Christmas that, that it's a long story, but it was, it was the first time that instead of us having to travel to everybody's house, they started traveling and coming to our house. I liked that. I remember the first Christmas without my dad after he passed away. I remember the Christmas we got our kids a cat, kind of surprised them with a cat. They were so excited and they, they played with it for about 20 minutes and then Ron and I got to take care of it for 12 years, right? You know how that goes? <laughs> how will you remember this Christmas? A Christmas where you're full of yourself? A Christmas where some kind of emotion, whatever that might be where you're at right now, fills you? Maybe right now this Christmas feels empty What I wanna propose to you is that Jesus wants you to have a spirit-filled Christmas. He wants you to know the work of the Holy Spirit in your life this Christmas. Now, put that as a placeholder for just a moment, that Jesus wants you to have a spirit-filled Christmas. And then ask the question, well, what is Christmas all about? Like, why did Jesus come in the first place? If you remember last week, we, we looked at a Old Testament prophecy about Jesus being born in Isaiah chapter seven. And it said that the virgin will be with child and conceive and will have a son and you'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do you guys remember that? And then Isaiah continues to prophesy about this, this son, this, this one who will come, who will be a king. And he continues to talk about him in chapter nine of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, we read, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. So it's about this son who will come and will be a ruler, a king, if you will. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Have you heard those titles before? You've heard them? Okay. And it says, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne. Interesting little note, kind of tuck that away for when you come back Thursday or Friday. And over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And he says that the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So this is this prophecy, and we're familiar with it because especially at this Christmas season, those names come up, that he's wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And we put those names up during the Christmas season, and we talk about him, and we sing them. Anybody ever heard Handel's Messiah? Wonderful. You know what I mean? That it's, right? And we sing those names. But how does he really become that? Because let's just be honest, we celebrate this season because Jesus came and he was born and he lived, but I don't see him right now. So if if I can't reach out and shake his hand, if I can't sit face to face with him, how can he be my wonderful counselor? How is he the mighty God? What makes him the everlasting father? How does he become your prince of peace? Here's what I wanna propose to you, that Jesus becomes those things in our lives through the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who filled that first Christmas wants to fill your Christmas 
And in so doing, allow Jesus to become for you the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. So here's what I wanna, I wanna do. I wanna tie those concepts together. Talk about who Jesus came to be. Talk about what it means to have a spirit-filled Christmas and answer a few questions. Like, like here's the first question. How can Jesus be my wonderful counselor? Because if I can't call him up and make an appointment with him, if I can't sit with him face-to-face, how does he become the counselor, the wonderful counselor in my life. Well, I propose to you that Jesus himself said it would be through the work of the Holy Spirit. So, so Jesus was born, he lived a life without sin, and then he died on the cross, right? That's, that's kind of the next phase of the story, where, where we go when we get to Easter and that, that season of time. But the night before his crucifixion, when he was having the last supper with his disciples, he, he, he clued them into something. John chapter 14, verse 16, he said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. That word advocate, we've talked about this before, is a Greek word, parakletos, and it has this idea of someone who comes alongside of you. So when we translate it from the Greek word to the English word, sometimes we use the word advocate, sometimes we use the word comforter, and sometimes, wait for it, we use the word counselor. And the Holy Spirit has come to be the one who comforts us, who comes alongside of us, who is our counselor. And so how does Jesus become my wonderful counselor? (laughs) He does it through the advocacy of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. So what I wanna encourage you with is this Christmas season that you're open to say, Holy Spirit, I need you to be my counselor. I need you to be the one who guides me and helps me and leads me in this season. Jesus went on to say this about the counselor, John chapter 14. He says, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. That sounds like a wonderful counselor to me, doesn't it to you? That he's gonna help you. Do you ever need somebody who can, who can guide you? But like, what does a counselor do? Well, a counselor is someone who comes and helps you to find wisdom and insight. A counselor is someone who helps you to move towards healing. They'll lead you, they'll inspire you, They'll instruct you. They'll guide you along the way. There may be times when the counselor will help you to sense some conviction because there's things that need to change, but they'll also help you to find freedom when there's condemnation that shouldn't be coming into your life because it's not coming from God. Does that make sense? When you're stuck as a victim, a counselor comes along and helps you to realize how you can move towards victory. Like, I don't know about you, but I need, I need a counselor at work in my life. I need someone who can help me to know that I can have a sense that I can be led if I'm open to knowing the right way to go, the right things to say, the right way to act. And if there's ever a season, it's right now. Here's what I know. Some of you in this next week are gonna walk into that office party or you're gonna step into that family celebration and you're gonna step into a space that's filled with landmines. Boy, that got a response. (laughs) In this political climate, in our cultural world, you're gonna interact with some people that if you're not careful, you're passing the sweet potatoes, say the wrong thing, and the whole table blows up, right? Do you know what I mean? And so there's times when you need to say, Holy Spirit, (laughs) I need you to be my counselor, that I'm not thinking this just for myself, 
but Spirit, help me to know the right times and the words that I should say. And Holy Spirit, help me to know. I think the, the way the Bible says it is when I should shutteth up, right? Is it right? And the Spirit can be our counselor and can help us in those times and can lead us because there's times when I need the Spirit to help me to see what I can't see on my own. Does that make sense? Listen to what Paul says to the church he loves. Ephesians chapter one. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the Spirit of wisdom. Anybody need wisdom? Wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. How? He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. I love that line. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I need help to see what I can't see on my own. I mentioned one of the Christmases that I remember was, was one where I needed a new bike. I had kind of outgrown the bicycle that I had, and it wasn't very cool. I was, I was a kid in elementary school probably, and so um, I, I was, it was about the age in my life where largely influenced by some friends, I had decided that I was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and so I said I was gonna ask for a Pittsburgh Steelers bike for Christmas. So it was black and gold and had a cheap plastic sign on the front of it that said Steelers, and it was cool. And so I says, well, that's what I want for Christmas. So I asked my parents, and I asked Santa, and I asked Jesus, because I figured one of the three of them have gotta come through. Right, that's what I want. So I'm asking, Christmas day, I get up, hop out of bed, run down the, run down the hallway, front door's right here, but I, I, at that point in time, our uh, Christmas tree was in the basement, right? So I whoosh, make the turn, go through the kitchen, go down the stairs, we have you know, Christmas time, and it's, it's awesome, there's gifts, and we're, you know, it's fun, you're doing all that Christmas morning stuff when you're a kid, but there was no bike. It wasn't there. And I was like, I don't know which one of the three let me down, but somebody has not come through this Christmas. But I'm cool, because I'm learning how to be a good kid. So I'm not gonna say anything, nothing like that. So you, you, know, you got your stuff, and it's all kind of done. And my dad said, hey, can you run upstairs and get something out of the coat closet that's right by the front door? And I'm thinking to myself, do you not see all the stuff I've got? Like, I'm busy right now. You could go get it yourself. I'm thinking that, right? But I'm not gonna say it because I'm a good kid. I'm trying, I'm trying. So I'm like, sure, Dad. So I go upstairs, and when I round the corner to the coat closet, guess what's sitting there? Out in front of God and everybody. One of the three of them, I think it was my mom, came through and got that <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers bike. I got it. Here's the funny part. I had walked by it two, maybe three different times. Like I had, I had gone right past it because I was in such a hurry and moving so quick that I missed that it was there. And eventually I needed a, a word from a wise source to say to me, open your eyes and go look here. Now look, in this Christmas season, odds are you're moving, you're cruising, you're, you're going through, you've got memories of the past and you've got issues in the present, you've got all those things going on. And every so often I need the whisper of the Holy Spirit 
to help me to see what I can't see. I need the spirit of wisdom to enlighten the eyes of my heart so that I can see what God is trying to do in my life because there's blessings he wants to pour out and there's things he wants to rescue me from. But if I'm not allowing him to be my counselor, if I'm too busy just cruising through life on my own, I'll miss it. Does that make sense? So this season... I don't want to just have a fun-filled Christmas. I want a spirit-filled Christmas where I say, Holy Spirit, will you come and be my wonderful counselor and enlighten the eyes of my heart so that I can see you at work and let you work through my life? That's one way we can have a spirit-filled Christmas. Let's look at another question. If Jesus is who came to us at Christmas, then the second question is, how can Jesus be my mighty God? If when he was born, one of the promises would be that he would be the mighty God, then how can he be the mighty God in our lives? Because I, I can't see him. Like, like I don't see his, his physical strength at work, so how is he the mighty God? Well, the Old Testament helps us here as well. Zechariah chapter four, verse six says, not by might, nor by power, but surprise, by my <laughs> spirit, says the Lord Almighty. So how can Jesus be my mighty God? through the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. If I'm gonna experience God's strength, if I'm gonna experience his power, if I'm gonna experience his presence, if I'm gonna experience his, his work coming alongside and equipping me, it comes through the work, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, like rewind this real quick. Remember, we just looked at that passage in Ephesians where Paul prays for the church that he loves. He, he wants the eyes of their heart to be enlightened. Remember he said this, Ephesians chapter one, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father, may give you the spirit of wisdom because he's a wonderful counselor and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people and... We didn't read this part yet. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. When the spirit comes, he doesn't just bring us wisdom. He's promised to bring us power. But you will be filled with power to be my witnesses, he says. The Holy Spirit comes with strength and ability and power in our lives so that we can do the things that we can't do on our own. Don't you ever wish that someone would help you to have the strength and the ability to do what you can't do by yourself? And that comes through the power, the work, of the Holy Spirit. For the one that's here today who's, who's weary, for the one who's watching online or on television, who feels that stress and is overwhelmed, and if, if I'm not wrong, that's probably more than one of us, it's good for us to be reminded that in these moments, Jesus came to be the mighty God, but he didn't show up, say he was the mighty God, and then left, when he came, he gave us his Holy Spirit so that we could know his strength and his power in our lives. If there's ever a time where we know the importance of power flowing in the right direction, it's at Christmas when we're putting up Christmas lights. Can I get an amen? Because when you get that moment and that tree's not lighting up, you get a little stressed out. When you pull up and half the house isn't illuminated, you can get a little bitter. It can affect your prayer life, isn't that true? Because you want to know that that power is right. But where does our power come from as believers? It comes through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And some of us, what you need to make it through this season is to say, Holy Spirit, I need your might, your power to be at work in my life.
What did he ultimately come to do? Well, if you keep reading in Ephesians, it says that his mighty power was revealed not just through Jesus' death, but through his resurrection, that he conquered sin and death and hell and the grave when he died on the cross and paid the price for your sins and mine. And then he rose again on the third day so that we could know that life. We could know him as our savior and as our Lord. And here's what I wanna encourage you with. For some of you, one of the challenges of the Christmas season is, uh, what, what's, what's, the old, what's the old Christmas carol line where you're haunted by Christmas past? There's things in your past that keep coming back up. And it comes with regrets and it comes with disappointment. And you're wondering, how do I ever move past that? Ron and I have, have three kids and, and they all live out of town right now. And um, so, so two of them and their, and their spouses are coming home for Christmas. And so we're pretty stoked about that and they'll be able to stay for a few days and be together. And so it's kind of fun. So we're gearing up for that. So this weekend we started doing some baking and uh, kind of getting ready. Not for me, I'm not interested in the treats. I wanna bless, I wanna bless my children. You know my heart. And so, um, so we said, you know, we were looking at different things and we'd seen this recipe and it was like, you know, we've never made peanut brittle. I think, Ronnie, you said you tried making it once or had made it once, but I'd never made it. So, yeah, let's give it a shot, let's try it. So, so we're, we're, we got, kind of got a little factory going on in our kitchen yesterday, you know, and so she's working on some things, I'm working on some things. And so peanut brittle was next on the list. Anybody ever made peanut brittle? God bless you heroes of Christmas. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm at the stove, right? And so I got the pot going and I got it going. And, I, and you put in the butter and you put in the sugar. I'm so thankful for sugar. And you put in uh, the milk and you put in the, the light syrup, you know, corn syrup. And, I'm, and you're stirring. You got the candy thermometer there, right? Because you're watching the temperature going up. And I'm just, do, 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 do. We wish you Merry Christmas. You know, we kind of got it going on and stirring and it's melting and it's looking really good. And you got to watch it because that temperature's, the temperature's going up. And if at some point, when it gets to 300 degrees, you want to you take that off and you got to put the other stuff in and you got to pour it out and you got to get it so it'll brittleize, you know, and that kind of thing. That's a technical term. And uh, <coughs> so I'm doing my thing there. Well, what happened is we got all this other stuff going on and I'm watching and I probably have the heat a little too high because I am hot stuff, you know, and all this is kind of going on and I'm stirring all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, it's supposed to be at 300, but it, like all of a sudden it was at 320. And it's, I'm looking at him going, I think that's not, that's not good. Hey, Rhonda, you know, kind of thing. And it's getting real dark. And then it starts to smoke. And then it started to bubble. And then it looked a little bit like a volcano, right? You know, we got all this kind of coming on. And eventually we realized this, this is, it's, it's just like tar. So we went out and filled in some holes on the Anthony Wayne trail with it, you know, and it's just, it's not fit to eat. So we're going to have to try again. But... About an hour or two later, I'm doing something else, and I look down, and I don't, I don't know if you can see this, but can you see how this hand is like a different color than this hand? I've not been like practicing with spray tanning. Like this is not, it's not what's going on. This hand was the one I was stirring with, and so all like the smoke of the sugar and the butter and all that stuff stained my hand when Mount St. Peanut Brittle erupted on me so I've washed it I washed it last night multiple times I'm scrubbing it this morning I, I scrubbed it about 805 before the first service and I can't get this to come off 
friends are starting to text me, well, have you tried this? And I'm like, no, because I want to keep my skin, you know, like that kind of <laughs> stuff. And no matter what I do, it seems like I can't get this stain to come off. Now, it will eventually, but some of you know what it feels like to have that kind of a stain on your soul where you, you've tried something over and over and over again. You've looked for answers in every place. And you're just like, I just, I just wish this wasn't what always seemed to define my life. I wish this wasn't the first thing that was always on my mind. I wish this wasn't the thing that I always thought about myself. And the Bible tells us that what Jesus came to do was to set us free from those stains from that sin, from those regrets. And the deal is you can't, you can scrub all you want, but you're not getting that off your soul. Do you know the only one who can do that is the mighty God, the one who came and died for your sins and lives today to give you life. And today, if, the, if there was ever a time, there's no better time than today in this Christmas season that if, if there are things in your life that you say, I just can't carry this, I just can't do this, I just can't, I can't live with this anymore, there's no better time than to say, Jesus, I give you my life. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And the Bible says that there's forgiveness available for every one of us, for everything. Amen? Why? Because he's the mighty God. How's he do it? Well, that takes us then to kind of this third question. We know that Jesus is our wonderful counselor through the Holy Spirit. We know that he is our mighty God through the Holy Spirit. He is also our everlasting father, but how can Jesus be my everlasting father? Like, like how does that happen? How does that work out in our lives? When Isaiah prophesies that Jesus will be the everlasting father, he's not so much making a Trinity statement, like we think Father, Son, Holy Spirit, because here he's talking about a king that's going to come. So he's talking about the qualities of a father in ruling his people. He is going to be the protector. He is going to be the provider. He is going to be the one who pulls us in. Jesus is the everlasting father. He is the one who gives us a home, who gives us a place to belong, who pulls us into his family and into his kingdom. How does he do it? You can probably guess, but look at this. Romans chapter eight, verse 15. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. By him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Our everlasting father, through the work of his Holy Spirit, pulls us into his family so that we can be a part of God's family. We can be God's children and we can find a place where we belong. Isn't it nice to find a place where you belong? A place where you're connected? A place where you have value? Back in the, back in the mid-2000s, we had a family member, lives out of state, who went on a missions trip with an organization that was founded and led by, by Tim Tebow's parents. Have you ever heard of Tim Tebow? Played for the, the Florida Gators, Heisman Trophy, couple national championships, went on the NFL, commentator, he's done, played baseball, he's done all kinds of stuff. You've heard of Tim Tebow? especially back in the mid to late 2000s, he was a pretty big deal back then. Well, that was right about the time that um, this family member of ours went on a missions trip with the organization that his parents run. 
So when she went, we made a donation towards her trip so that she could go, which put us on the Tebow's mailing list for their ministry, but also meant that they sent us a Christmas greeting every year. And every year they would send us a card that had all of the Tebow family on it, including Timmy. And so we would take that card and we would put it on our refrigerator and not tell our kids why we got it. We didn't tell them we paid for the card. We just told them Tim Tebow sent us a Christmas card, which was fun. One year, Rhonda even took it and framed it and put it in one of our kids' rooms, just for fun. Because guess who sent us a card? Timmy, Timmy sent us a card. Now, not really, but we had fun with it because it gave us a place to belong. What do we look for? A place where we have value, a place where we matter, a place where we're family. And what the Bible tells us is that we were outsiders because of our sin and what we'd done. But when Jesus died for us, no matter our stains, he paid the price so we didn't have to be outsiders anymore. Now he's our everlasting father. But how does that happen? It happens through adoption, and that adoption comes from the Holy Spirit. How can Jesus be my everlasting father? Through the adoption of the Holy Spirit. And I'll let you read for yourself in Ephesians chapter one, where Paul unpacks all of this and says that through the work of the Holy Spirit, you now have a place where you belong. You have a place where you matter. You are important to God because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Why is this so important? Because the enemy of our souls will constantly tell us that we aren't important or we don't matter or we don't have value. And especially at this time of year. And we can have a tendency at this time of year to view life, all of life, kind of like a white elephant gift exchange. You ever been a part of one of those? Where you, where you come into this thing and it's like $5 limit. That's all you can spend is $5. And so you, you bring your little gift that you picked up at Speedway and you, you, know, you put that in there. You got all the gifts floating around. And isn't there always like one gift that everybody wishes they had? Because there's always like that one person who brings the $5 gift and then tapes a $50 gift card on the back of it. Do you know what I mean? And it's always the person next to me who gets that one. And I'm out of steals. Who are the people that steal in the room? Because we need to pray about that. Is there, you, you know how these things work, right? Yeah. And I'm out of steals and I can't take it. And you're over there going, oh, isn't this so nice? And I've got oven mitts. I didn't want oven mitts. And I'm there with this going, this is not fair, this is not what I asked for, this is, not, this is not the true meaning of, oven mitts are not the true meaning of Christmas. And some of us feel like that about life itself. Hey, this isn't fair, this isn't right. And this Christmas, I'm missing those people that were in Christmas's past and aren't here anymore. Or this Christmas, things just don't seem right. This Christmas, I am lonely. This Christmas is difficult. And in all of those moments, don't you forget that the Holy Spirit is waiting right there to pull you into God's family and knows exactly where you are, knows exactly what you're wrestling with. And even when life doesn't seem fair and it seems that all you've got is a pair of oven mitts, that you are a part of God's family. 
And that the Spirit comes alongside of us. How does he do that? Because Jesus came to be, and he becomes that through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, our wonderful counselor, our everlasting father, our mighty God, and the last one. How can Jesus be my Prince of Peace? Like, if that's who he said he came to be, and I, but I can't see him, how does he work out his peace in my life? I won't, I won't go back and read the whole thing, but if you remember at the very beginning of this thing, we talked about in John 14, where Jesus said he was gonna send the counselor, the advocate, do you remember that? Right after he said that, he says this, when the counselor comes, then peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He says, look, I give you my peace and he does it through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Like if you look, how many times in scripture are you gonna see where the Holy Spirit gets connected with peace? Galatians chapter five, when, when Paul gives us the fruit of the Spirit, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. He makes that connection. Romans chapter 14, when Paul is talking about the kingdom of God, he says the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Over and over again, you will see scripture connect Peace in our lives with the work of the Holy Spirit. Anybody want some peace in your life? Like I know I do. And so Jesus becomes the Prince of Peace because of the work of the Holy Spirit. How can Jesus be my Prince of Peace? Through the peace of the Holy Spirit. The peace that only the Spirit of God can bring. He, he's the one that steps in in those places. And like scripture tells us, he brings a peace that passes all of our understanding. How does he do it? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 tells us this. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. How do I know peace? When I know freedom. When I know Jesus at work in my life. And how do I do that? Through the work of the Holy Spirit. Here's my encouragement to you. I don't know what your life is like right now. I can guess. Knowing enough of you that are in this room, I, I, can, I can put some pieces together, I can connect some dots. I, I, could, I could try to build some of the challenges you might have if you're watching online or TV right now. But here's, here's what I do know. I know that for many of you, you, you could roll right through this Christmas season and it be just another one. And that's not what God wants. Jesus wants you to have a, a spirit-filled Christmas. And you might say, yeah, but. <laughs> How's that gonna happen when I'm so busy? How's that gonna happen when things are so messed up? How's that gonna happen? Have you seen the headlines? How's that gonna happen with what's going on in my world? When you, when you come on Thursday or Friday night, one of the things that we're gonna take a little bit of a glimpse at is, is the world in which Jesus was born. Like culturally, politically, governmentally, religiously, it was a mess. Things were not the way that they were supposed to be. And people were struggling. They were looking for freedom. They were looking for hope. And in the middle of that, out in the middle of nowhere, one night in Bethlehem, there was a light that shined and there was an angel choir that showed up. And we read this in Luke chapter two, verse 13. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And into the craziness of the world that Jesus lived in, the Holy Spirit broke through and sent Jesus. And when that happened, everything changed. 
And the rest of the world was just kind of moving as it was, but for those who saw the light, they had a peace like they'd never known before. And their whole life was changed. And I tell you this, where you are right now, Jesus can break through and the light of Christmas could make a difference. And you can know a peace from him. Here's, here's what I wanna challenge you with. You can have a spirit-filled Christmas this year. The Holy Spirit can make a difference in your life this year if you will let him. So can I ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? And in just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to stand and join us. And we're gonna sing a song that's, that up until about 45 minutes ago was not a Christmas song. We'll, we'll sing a bunch of Christmas songs on Thursday and Friday. We'll, we'll, we'll hit some of the traditional ones, but I, I wanna challenge you to make this a new Christmas song. It says, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. And for some of you, you truly need a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father. You need the Prince of Peace this season. And how Jesus does it is he sent his spirit and he wants you to have a spirit-filled Christmas. So in just a moment, I'm gonna invite you to stand. We're gonna sing this song together. Would you look in your own heart for a moment? And is today a day where you need to Maybe pause long enough or humble yourself enough to say, Holy Spirit, I need you to fill my life this Christmas. Lord, thanks for your word. Spirit, thanks for your presence here. Lord, would you help us to see you and know you more in our lives? Lord, would you help us to have a, a spirit-filled Christmas this year? In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us and let's sing this song together. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become
Join me in putting your hands in a position to receive. And just for a moment of openness, can we ask the Holy Spirit to give us a spirit-filled Christmas? Lord, what some of us need is a wonderful counselor. Someone who can guide us in this season. So spirit of wisdom, would you come alongside of us? And Lord, I pray that we'll be able to look back on this Christmas and see where you enlighten the eyes of our hearts to know what we should do and how we should speak and how we should live, that you would bring healing and restoration counselor in this season. And even right now in this moment, what some of us need is for you to be our mighty God. Lord, I pray for the mom and dad that are tired. And I pray for the grandparent that's been carrying that weight. Lord, I, I pray for the one who feels just a sense of deep weariness. Needs to hear Jesus say, come to me and rest. And to recognize that it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And Lord, for the one who can't seem to shake those stains, regrets from the past, fears about the present, sins and disappointments, Holy Spirit, would you come and show them that you are the one who makes all things new? If any person's in Christ, they're a new creation. Old is gone, the new has come. Right now, they would just from the truth of their hearts say, Jesus, I give you my life. And Holy Spirit, there's someone in this room, there's someone who's listening to this podcast or watching this on a screen somewhere, or sitting in an auditorium too, that even though they're surrounded by people, they may feel like they're on the outside. And would you remind them right now that they are a part of your family, that their life has purpose and it has meaning, that Holy Spirit, you have a, you have a cause for them, you have a call on them, that they are your child, and that the things that the enemy have, has told them that have been lies, would just be illuminated so that they could see your truth. That they are a part of your family. And Lord, I pray that you would fill this family with peace. Jesus, that you would be our Prince of Peace. That Holy Spirit, your peace would come to us. That we would know it in these next days. That we would know it in our family gatherings, that we would know it on our jobs, that we would know it in our homes, that we would know it in our church, that we would know it in our country. God, that you would come with the spirit of peace. And even though the world around us may be in turmoil, 
would you break through our hearts and come with the peace that you bring to those on whom your favor rests. Lord, may this be a year that we look back and there will be something that just causes us to go, that was a spirit-filled Christmas. Lord, thanks for your word. Now, as we go from here, would you go with us? Would you send us out with your special favor and with your wonderful peace? And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for being here today. Can't wait to see you on Thursday or Friday. Have a great rest of your week. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.